0: Let us come together for a moment of prayer. Let us pray. O Lord our God, we pray for you to open our minds and hearts to receive your living word and be filled with renewed hope. Breathe your Holy Spirit upon us, O Lord, as we listen to your word. This we pray in your holy name. Amen. Let us come now to listen to the word of God.
1: Our first scripture reading is from the New Testament, Acts chapter 4, verses 32 to 35. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed the private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and bought the proceeds of what they were sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Our second reading is taken from the Old Testament, Psalm 133. And it is not repeat, not responsive. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down upon the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls in the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord ordained his blessing,
2: life forevermore. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. This life was revealed, and we have seen it and testified to it, and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. But if we walk in the light, as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar. And his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the Righteous. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. This is the word
1: of the Lord. Thanks be to God for his words to us.
0: Let us come together for a brief moment of prayer. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord. This we pray in your most precious name. Amen. I'd like to begin by going back to last week's service. I'm sure that we can all recall what we celebrated. The joyous resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a momentous time that was for us. He has conquered sin and death. He has paid the ultimate price and sacrificed himself to save humanity from the grip of damnation. And yet, I find myself thinking about what happened last week, and the Easter from last year, and the one before that, and the one before that, and so on. Each year, churches from around the world celebrate this moment in our divine relationship with God. But once Easter is over and a few Sundays have passed, what's on our minds? Some may still be joyous and thankful, but others might not have that same excitement. We are taught in Sunday school that same story year after year, how Jesus was betrayed by Judas, how Jesus was crucified and died for our sins, Buried in the tomb and then rose from the dead three days later. But after hearing the story so many times, it becomes memorized. But do we stop to really think about how significant that really is? I remember my time working at Gracefield Christian Camp and Retreat Center. The staff were given a brief overview of the curriculum that would be used for the campers that summer. And those of us who were tasked with planning the activities And the worship had even more time spent with the material, putting on the same activities and reading the same scriptures week after week after week. And for the campers, it was great. They only were there for a week. They would hear the scriptures and do the activities as if it was fresh for them. And meanwhile, the staff had heard the stories and the activities so many times. For some of us, it became an automatic thought. It lost its meaning to us. When we hear Jesus was raised from the dead, I'm not sure about you, but from time to time, I admit I will just sometimes sit there and say, yep, that's what happened. As if it was an everyday normal occurrence. We no longer hear the dramatic gasp And the disbelieving sighs when we hear the story. This seemingly impossible story is just about the most preposterous thing that you could ever hear in your life. You mean to tell me that the man that we all saw getting crucified is now suddenly alive? We saw him die on the cross, we saw the soldiers casting lots for his clothes. We saw the lifeless body being removed from the cross. We saw the body being laid in the tomb. The tomb was sealed shut. There were guards around the entrance. There were so many witnesses who will say the exact same thing that I saw. And yet we are told that Jesus Christ is risen. When we look at John's Gospel, we see that the disciples were in hiding. They just witnessed the same thing that I described a moment ago. The doors of the house were locked. They isolated themselves out of fear. And then Jesus came into the house and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. The scriptures say that after he said this, He showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. But the disciples did not recognize Jesus as he stood among them. And it was only until after he showed them the physical proof that indeed it was Jesus Christ who was standing among them, showing them the holes on his hands and his side, that Is when they finally rejoiced. We hear that one of the disciples, Thomas, was not with the others when Jesus appeared to them. Thomas, along with the other disciples, are filled with grief, sadness, fear, guilt, and so many other overwhelming emotions. He does not know that Jesus has been risen from the dead. The disciples try to tell him, but he doesn't believe them. It's either a really bad practical joke, or the fear and grief had caused the disciples to go mad. Thomas says to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. One week passes, and again, Jesus appears to the disciples, this time including Thomas. He finally witnessed Jesus' resurrection for himself. Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe we see that Thomas believes the disciples' witness of the resurrection of Jesus. But Jesus asks Thomas, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. And just like the disciples, we too must rejoice in the resurrection of Jesus. What did we just witness? The Messiah, sent to us by God to redeem us from sin, has just risen from the grips of death. He is risen. We do not have the advantage of Thomas. We do not have the holes to feel in the hands of Christ. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. We must never lose our joy and celebration of this moment. We must not let this become mundane, become yet another day in the Christian calendar. We must hold on to our faith. We must take the time and ask ourselves, what did we just witness? I just saw Christ coming from the dead. What was that? Oftentimes we may struggle to comprehend the scale of Jesus' sacrifice. Acts 4.33 tells us, with great power the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. And we must follow in that example. We must recognize what Jesus has done for us. Not just the people of His time, but for all people, past, present, and future. We must witness this not only to one another, but also to ourselves as well. We must walk in the light of His fellowship. We must confess our sins to him. His crucifixion and his resurrection have saved us. Jesus could have defied God's plan for him. He could have done as the soldiers mocked him for. He could have saved himself. But he didn't. He chose instead to save us. He is our advocate. The one who speaks on our behalf. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and for the sins of the whole world. Truly, it is a joyous and momentous occasion, for Jesus has done it. He committed the final act of salvation. He has brought into the light what we hide in darkness the sins that grasp onto us have been removed and forgiven. We must turn to Christ at this moment, for it is only through him that we are forgiven. Jesus gave up his human life for us. His innocence was freely given to us. What we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the world, the word of life, this life was revealed, and we have seen it and testified to it. And we declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard, that you may also have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. This is what the disciples had. This is what we have. So when we go forth from this place, do not leave your joy on the pew or the couch or wherever you're watching from. Take it with you. Wherever you go bear witness to the resurrection of Christ be joyful and celebrate the gift that Jesus Christ has freely given unto us take the time to realize what just happened what did we just witness we just witnessed Christ's resurrection given to all of us, given unto you, now and forever. Go forth and spread the good news. Amen.